So there's a couple burning questions that I'm sure are on your mind. Um, first of all, my name Donna came from the fact that my parents expected a boy, and when I came out as a girl, they didn't really know what to do, and my mom's name is Donna, so they just named me Donna. Um, very creative, and they gave me exactly the same name as my mom, which came in really handy when I was trying to actually charge things as a teenager, because people would say, is that your name on the credit card? And I said, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> the second thing is, I am a grandchild of an original, one of the original Green Bay Packers, so um, football kind of runs in our veins, and um, I don't know about football people, they don't like to watch games that really only come to fruition in the last three minutes. Um, so the other thing is I have a 27-year-old son who had moved back to Madison Holy Week, and the Monday night game was his second night in Madison, so part of my body prayed that perhaps there would not be a celebration that would put him in jail. So that was part of my lack of a, a, a win. I'm the oldest and brightest of three children. <laughs> I'm not sure my parents or uh, my brother, certainly not my brother, or my sister would agree. I've led a really, really charmed life. I was raised in a Christian home. I have a really loving family. Um, so, you know, some of the stories that we hear, I, I have no excuse for some of the ways that I'm a sinner. I've been gifted with a love of learning, and I have a great brain that has let me, um, let me do that. But there's a shadow side that comes with that. Um, with my academic success, um, I really would say I have a full-scale achievement addiction. I loved taking tests. I loved it, because I knew that I would be on top. <laughs> Couldn't wait to get my grades. Um, and I know, it's really sick. <laughs> I, uh, I actually went to school at the time that there were uh, really only ultimately three longer term choices for women. There was nursing, and since I had sort of a science background, I, th I was thinking that would be the way to go. There was education, and then there was marrying well. <clears throat> so I started out in nursing. That lasted a week. Once I was in the hospital and kind of observed all that, I thought, you know, I don't even like how it smells in here. I'm out of here. <laughs> so then I went over to the School of Education, and I do think that God has gifted me to be a teacher. And uh, I got a job uh, as a kindergarten teacher, and uh, my undergraduate degree is in coaching and exercise, physiology, and nutrition. I really wanted to be a coach, but really all I cared about was football, which was uh, not a really good plan for a woman at the time <laughs> that I was trying to do it. So I got my first job as a kindergarten teacher, like I said, and I was really, really naive about money. My dad was a very successful entrepreneur, and when I uh, got my first apartment, my dad was still paying my Amoco bill and my rent and uh, my visa bill, and um, I really had no idea that um, you could not live on a teacher's salary. Um, so. Uh, I really loved the vacations, you know, this whole idea of having major holidays off and not working be between Memorial Day and Labor Day, that was great. Uh, but it wasn't really the best place to seek out. I really didn't want to be employed on a long-term basis, so I, I, I wanted, um, 
I really wanted a husband that was going to take care of me, and I was employed in northern Wisconsin in a really small town, so the, you know, the, the hunting grounds were not good. So <laughs> I moved back to Milwaukee and uh, enrolled in law school where I really thought, you know, there'd be better pickings. And uh, I went, and I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm competitive, but I'm not adversarial. And so this whole thing about somebody has to win and somebody has to lose didn't work out that well. So I picked tax law and estate planning because I felt like I could help families make good decisions. I met my husband, who is a, a pastor's son, and uh, got married. He was in graduate school finishing a PhD, and uh, I just thought he was just so handsome. Maybe he should have been called, I can't remember Steve's last, his, what, that, what that is, but okay. But I was really into it, and uh, he was a great choice. You know, he's a pastor's son. He's finishing a PhD. He's going to be Dr. Bill. It should all work out well. We got married. I got pregnant right away. My vision was that I would head up the Symphony Auxiliary. I'd be overeducated. I'd play great golf, golf good tennis, and uh, really have a lot of babies. And um, when I got pregnant, my husband came home fairly shortly after I had gotten pregnant and uh, said these things to me said, I really, I've decided I really don't want to be a doctor. What I would like to do is work with wood. <laughs> so, uh, my economic life flashed before me, and I moved from being in-house legal counsel in a trust company into the world of advising ultra-wealthy families. And I was in the investment management business at the early stages before they really had integrated all the different aspects. Uh, I was pretty caught up in my job because by the time that I delivered my son, uh, he was born in February, and I remember I had him under my desk in a little rockaroo thing, so he's about you know 12 days old, and I'm doing tax returns, and my mom came into the office, picked up my rockaroo, <laughs> picked me up. <laughs> said, we're all leaving. <laughs> and we went home and she said, you need to stay here for 12 weeks and hang out with your child. And at the time that that happened, they didn't even have a policy for senior executives getting pregnant. I, you know, I can't imagine why that would be. So anyway, uh, I got, I got uh, really successful at my job. And like I said, I was doing wealth management with high net worth families. Uh, my first family was a very large family in St. Louis that's associated with beer and Clydesdales. And uh, I, I worked uh, very successfully with, with those families and really pulled together their accounting, their attorneys, their, um, uh, their insurance and risk management, their banking, and tried to look at wealth in a holistic way and was so successful that I ended up being recruited by a closely held firm that did consulting in the financial services industry and then really ended up traveling the world consulting with ultra high net worth advisors and their clients. And I wish I could say that that was really great. Um, I think in terms of my skill set, it was unbelievably great. I was picked up on Sunday after church in a town car, black town car. I would go to the airport. I would ride first class um, in the front of the plane. I would get off and be platinum in every hotel and be the front of the line. And uh, I'd be gone pretty much till Friday night at 11 o'clock. I'd get home and cycle it through again. There were times that my, my husband and my son said, you know, 
you kind of are on tiptoes when you're around here, and we've gotten used to kind of doing life without you, and sometimes when you're here, it it's disrupts our routine. So you've got to say to yourself, you know, is this, am I really, really living a life that's true to my values? I mean, I'm saying to myself, I'm taking care of my family. This is working out, you know, the, the way that I would want it to work out, but it's not really true. I ate too much. I probably drank too much. I got really prideful. I was pretty isolated since I pretty much did everything myself and uh, kind of flew in, flew out. So, um, but I didn't even know it in that Johari window about you don't know what you don't know. I had rationally kind of said, I've grown up in the church, I'm a believer, this is my life, it's good. And it wasn't really very good. Uh, from a giving perspective, I had a family that really went by um, a, a scripture that you've already heard quoted today, to whom much is given, much is expected. And so I knew that I had been given much, and uh, I, I uh, was extremely obedient as a young married person, and we also didn't have anything when we first got married. We were both in graduate school. Uh, so it was easy to be a, a, a tither, and my, I'm married to one of the most amazing givers on the planet. He's not here because he doesn't like the spotlight, and I am forbidden to speak about him in public. He's really introverted, and especially with respect to his giving, if this tape gets where I know it's going to go, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, but I would say I was generous out of obedience, and he has just an amazing big heart and has taught me much about moving into spiritual maturity. But God helped as well. In um, 2010, <laughs> and actually he probably, I, you're first, Bill's second. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, in 2010, January of 2010, I was, uh, got really sick, and I haven't, you know, I had never been sick. I hadn't missed any days of work. I was one of those healthy people that didn't go to the doctor. I'm a run, you know, I worked out. I did everything theoretically that I should, and I just didn't feel good. And, and after about a day of that, I said, I think you better take me to the emergency room, which is unusual. And they uh, figured out I had a swollen pancreas, and they said it was idiopathic. They didn't know what it, that means in doctor talk. They don't know what it came from. And they scanned my abdomen, and um, in, the, in the process of scanning my abdomen, I, I was so embarrassed and, like, so nervous that I was making jokes, and the radiologist ended up doing a full-body scan. And um, you could pop that, that slide that I loaded. Can we pop it up? Okay. Uh, they actually diagnosed me with breast cancer. Now, the thing I want you to see up there, this is me in the hospital with a feeding tube in my nose. You can see that I'm on every drug imaginable, trying to deaden the pain from this pancreas thing, and I am trying to connect and run my business with my clients from the hospital bed. So I would suggest that God was trying to get my attention. I think that he'd been trying to get my attention from for some time. And he basically said, you know, um, you're not going to die, uh, but I'd like to talk to you, so you're going to be here for a while, and you're going to listen. <laughs> so <laughs> clean up your act. I have stuff that I need you to do. And uh, so I was there for three weeks, and, you know, as a result of the breast cancer, uh, it's kind of fun when you're 50, and you're over 50, and they do this. They just come up with this really cool new thing where, and they, it was kind of football-esque, they, they cut your tummy off in the shape of a football, and they move it up and make a left boob out of it.
Now, why that's important for you to know <laughs> is that they also had to reconstruct my belly button. Had I known I should have had an Audi, <laughs> I would have said something. But I haven't any. So as a result of all that, I actually left the firm that I had worked with for 20 years doing consulting and advising work, and I started a new company. It was a really big step of faith for me to walk away from um, a job that I really felt great doing. And our giving really stayed pretty stable, despite the fact that our income and our cash flow changed pretty dramatically. I call it our time of shock and grace. Um, God was really gentle with me, and he has always uh, really provided for me and, and for my giving. And I'm still learning in terms of that ladder that we looked at with Patrick today. I'm you know, learning a lot from my husband and, and, and moving up the food chain. I've actually sold that company and, and put those funds. It wasn't like some of the companies you've heard about, actually pretty small, but funded a donor advised fund. And the reason that I was able to do that is that I'm really learning slowly that I can trust God. And the reason that's so important is if you listen to my history, I've spent my whole life trusting money. And uh, so shifting over to really trusting him and trusting in him and responding out of grace and not, um, not going after the money thing is a, is a really, really big deal. And if you have money anywhere near you, I'd like you to take it out. If anybody has a dollar or a quarter or a $5 bill, take it out. I want you to look at something. So you all know that on American money, there's four words. And what I would say is my experience with advising people that have had a lot of money is there's a, there's a scary spirit around money. And if you're isolated and you're not accountable and you don't have people like you and people like that are faithful and, and believers that can really witness to God's power and what really fills up the holes in our lives, money really does some really bad things. And it has a warning on it. And it says, in God we trust. In God we trust. So it has to remind us that that's what we should do. Kind of the rest of the story, I always introduce my husband and kind of throw him under the bus with that wood thing. But the The greatest provision in my life has been my husband because what he has really given me is not just a belief in the Father, but a relationship with the Father and a, a growing trust that um, God's got us and he wants us to have everybody else. So my husband also has all kinds of nicknames for me that are many of them not... Um, complimentary necessarily. <laughs> um, and he would laugh about this, but I think God thinks of me as a dog, a D-O-G. I'm a daughter. I'm a daughter of God. And I don't get to be the lead dog. In sales, we always say the view is always the same unless you're the lead dog. <laughs> so he's the lead dog. And as I um, grow in my journey and as you grow in yours, we know that he's always ahead of us. He's always beside us. He's always behind us. And I would invite you to keep your eyes on him and away from that money. Thank you. <laughs>